to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. You drink one drink, two drink, three Long Island iced teas. But your buddy's worse off and he throws you his car keys. Blue lights are blinking four o'clock in the morning. St. Trooper makes you wish that you'd never been born. Better call Saul, better call Saul. You want to tell the world you're in love with a girl named Fran? So you find an overpass and you say it with a spray paint can. Blue lights start a blinking, those handcuffs click. You know who to call and you better call quick. Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. You fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stick it to the man, justice for all. Welcome to Better Talk Saul, Cinema Geekly's Better Call Saul podcast. It's Anthony and Glenn, and we are back to talk more Better Call Saul, Season 6, Episodes 8 and 9. We have returned from the mid-season break that we took at the end of May, and uh, boy, (laughs) well, the first episode, there was a lot going on, and... The second episode didn't really feel like a lot was going on until like the middle point, and then things take a hard nosedive. Like the last ten minutes. Yeah, it just <laughs> it's just like like boy, did they have me fooled? I, I was sitting here watching I had this. Some Mad Men flashbacks. I know. I was we'll like, we'll explain that in a later later. But yeah, yeah. I was like twenty five minutes in or whatever. I'm like nothing is happening in this episode. Like what's, I mean, it's not like it's bad, but what's, I don't know. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to that. First, let's tackle episode eight point and shoot. So we pick up right where we left off. Lalo provides Jimmy with the address and a loose description of Gus Fring's house and instructs Jimmy to drive there and to shoot him. Jimmy convinces Lalo to send Kim instead, after which Lalo ties Jimmy to a chair and leaves. Kim is apprehended at Gus's front door by Mike, to whom she explains the entire situation with Lalo. Mike orders his men to Jimmy and Kim's apartment. When Kim says Lalo agreed to her switching places with Jimmy, Gus realizes the shooting attempt is nothing but a diversion and drives to the laundry. Lalo ambushes Gus there and kills all of his bodyguards, then forces Gus to show him the lab on video for Don Eladio. Gus triggers a power outage and manages to kill Lalo with a handgun that he had previously hidden, uh, though wounded, uh, although he is wounded himself. Mike and his men remove Howard's body from Jimmy and Kim's apartment and make his death look like a suicide. And Mike tells the two to never speak of these events while insisting that they continue their narrative of Howard being a cocaine addict. Mike supervises the burial of Howard and Lalo in the floor of Gus's lab. All right, Glenn, what did you think of episode eight? Uh, I liked it a lot. It was I was surprised that they dispatched Lalo so quickly. Yes. Uh, And then as we'll talk about in the next episode makes a lot of sense why they dispatched him so quickly. quickly, Yes. Um, so yeah, to me, it was just the, a, the episode was sad Yep. because it's like, well, Howard's gone, but like 
Saul's just staring in his face for hours. Yes. On end, you know, yes. just literally having to look at the horror of his own mm-hmm. uh, making. Uh, and then just him getting thrown into a pit next to his killer underneath the future meth lab. Yes. Which uh, now, like, anytime you go back and watch yeah, Breaking Bad, yeah. like, now you have the knowledge that those two guys are underneath that lab somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, uh, you know, and Gus kind of knowing, um, you know, this cat and mouse game that Mike and Lalo are playing, and then also the cat and mouse of Gus and uh, uh, and Lalo. I wasn't so much surprised. I I always fig- once they planted the gun there, I always figured this probably how this was going to go down. Is yeah, Gus shooting him in the lab. Mm-hmm. Um. It's weird. I would have thought I had more to say about this than the other one, but I have way more to say about the next episode than this one. Yeah. Um, Because this, this, (laughs) like, this feels like the show better call Saul. This feels like the closing of it, right? In a a lot of ways, yes. I'm kind of glad that we actually did these two episodes together because wouldn't have had the framing that we have now. Mm -hmm. Um, But now, yeah, this feels like the finale of break of uh better call saw and now we're like into some prequel breaking bad or breaking bad one and a half yes um yep so yeah it's uh i loved it um it just seeing lalo one last time i mean tony dalton's awesome yep oh my god he was amazing in this episode yeah just so clever and smart and thinking his way through things but then you also have you know the mm-hmm. our quote-unquote protagonists who are just as crafty you yes. know just great writing and in, in that regard so even his yeah that's kind of all i have to say about it even his scenes where he's speaking in spanish like all the charisma and wit yeah. everything is there still like no, it translates fucking camcorder yes. taunting but that's like <laughs> the thing right it is uh it and it you know really goes to home because this is always like gus's thing yeah you know, even in breaking bad is like people's undoing is always their pride and yep. that's kind of how he gets them and that's you know what happens with lalo it's his yeah. pride that ultimately you know he could have just shot him but no he had to he really had to rub it in because yeah. he's usually been able to do that and get away with it but mm-hmm. not this time you know uh well vince gilligan will be happy to hear at least for my part uh anyway uh, that how he, uh, well, he directed this, ep- uh, this episode, but, um, he'll be happy to know that, uh, the way he puts shows together absolutely always gets me at least at first, mm-hmm. um, from the very beginning, like the situation with Lalo and, uh, Kim and Jimmy were so, it was so tense. Like this whole setup where he's like, I want you to go there. And also, by the way, just every line that Lalo Salamanca delivers in this, like about the instruction is so calm. He's like, I drew you a little map on the back. Like it's easy to find. Like, you know, there's plenty of place. There's plenty of space for parking. Uh, it's not important. He knows this is yeah. just a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a diversion in, in hindsight has like, no plans on killing them at all. No, in hindsight, like absolutely. But in the moment, it's it's written and performed and yeah. shot so well. I'm not even thinking about that. I'm like, oh my god, like what the fuck? Uh, by the time Kim uh, Kim gets there, I'm like, wait, hold on a second. Like, 
you know, they're going to see her coming a mile away. Mike's there. Yeah. Mike knows who she is. Like, uh, and like then it hit me. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, duh. This is just a distraction. He's going to, at the very least, get them all out of the house. Yeah, because he's been timing everything. Yeah, which, uh, you know, fantastic. Like, all of that was great. Um, you know, even even up to the moment where he's uh, filming Gus, you know, and he's like, we've got like, ah, like 13 minutes until his bald headed white friend shows back up. So Gus is going to give us like the nickel tour or whatever. And he doesn't, doesn't budge an inch at first. So he just shoots him like right in the midsection. And uh, he's like, anyway, as I was saying, Gus is going to show us around. Like he didn't skip a beat. Uh, Like he didn't just shoot a guy. (laughs) Um, You know, all of that stuff was so good. Uh, And it's hook, line and sinker. Like they absolutely got me every time like once they went down i wasn't even thinking about the gun he hid i they do a really good job of wrapping you up in the story now like eventually when they got down there i'm like now hold on like okay you remember that gus is alive in the other show so he must survive this and then it clicked i'm like oh right, right, right. he had a gun down on like one of the like uh, the a backhoe or some piece of equipment yeah, a little bobcat little bobcat yeah he he had a gun down there so um, not surprised, a little surprised that he, he killed him as easily as he did, but, uh, he did. And, um, Lalo died in the perfect Lalo way, like bleeding out, gasping for air. But really at the end, he laughs because either because like, you know, awesome move or like, this is what I would have done. It almost kind of felt like I don't, maybe you could have read it as disrespect, but it almost felt like he enjoyed what happened to him there. Like he respects it or something. Um, so all that stuff was great. Uh, at the end, uh, Mike, when he's trying to talk, you know, trying to tell them what they're going to do next, Jim and Kimmy, um, the way he as, goes through all of this. Howard's being thrown into a refrigerator. Yes, as Howard's being thrown into a, a refrigerator. Um, and which also, by the way, perfectly explains the beginning scene. Because the beginning scene, sometimes in this show, they just show you something and you're like, what is this? Yeah. And you don't find out until the end. But at the very beginning, we just see what turns out to be Howard's car, like parked out near a beach somewhere or whatever. And... Yeah, the paraphernalia or whatever in the car or whatever. And, uh, like, that's it. And then later on, of course, Mike is telling them, like, it's going to look like they're never going to find the body, but they're going to presume it's a suicide. You know, a few days from now, they're going to find his car. It's going to be by the ocean. Uh, The odometer is going to have as many, you know, miles on it as would be needed to get there from here. There's They're going to find evidence of cocaine and, you know... uh, never find a body no and he's like they just keep telling the lie you're already telling about him and which by the way made them feel so much fun i mean they already felt horrible about all this but um you know it is what it is i mean but it all led to everything that happens in the next episode obviously but uh yeah all of that was just fantastic and they were completely shaken up um it was just fantastic uh i thought a, a really great episode. Uh, any final thoughts on episode eight? And what would you give it? Uh, give it like a, if, uh, I'll just give it a five. Yeah, I gave it a five. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> yep. I, I was like, oh my God. Yep. Uh, so I, I also gave it a five. All right. 
Let's talk about episode nine, Fun and Games, because boy, you know, we're going to talk about it. It's going to seem like not a lot happened, but uh, a lot of ha- a lot happened. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm telling you, it was like watching an episode of Mad Men. Yes, nothing happens for like 90% of it, and then like the last 10%. And then there's a uh, two-year time jump in, a, uh, in one episode. <laughs> yes. Okay, so we begin with Gus meeting the Dons in Mexico, where he convinces Don Eladio that he had nothing to do with the attempt on Lalo's life, despite Hector's insistence that he is guilty. Eladio grants the Salamancas the South Valley, but lets Gus keep the territory north of it, though as Don Juan's subordinate. Gus later takes a moment to relax at a wine bar and enjoy a moment with his sommelier, but cuts the outing short and orders construction on the lab resumed. Mike visits Manuel Varga to inform him of Nacho's death, but Manuel expresses disgust at Mike and tells him that he is no different from his associated criminals. At Howard's memorial, Jimmy and Kim learn that HHM is downsizing and rebranding, and Kim lies to Howard's widow about his alleged addiction. The next day, Kim surrenders her law license and leaves Jimmy, telling him that they are bad for, uh, not not that he's bad for her, but they are bad for one another. No, they are bad for everyone else. And everyone else. They're toxic. They're not bad for each other. They're bad for everyone else. That's true. When they are together, it affects everybody else negatively around them. They're like poison. Separate, they're fine, but together they're poisonous. Yes. And then... All of a sudden, we get an unspecified amount of time later. I mean, it might be, uh, I don't know exactly how long it is, but it is an unspecified amount of time later. Jimmy has fully embraced his Saul Goodman image, living in his mansion, driving his Cadillac DeVille, and lawyer up. Re- his lawyer up <laughs> license plate, and having renovated his offices. Yeah. Uh, Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Declaration of Independence on the wall. Oh yeah, that that dirty ass inflatable Statue of Liberty floating above in the dirty ass lobby, and she's like, "Will you move?" You know, it's <laughs> crazy to me. I she never has to be behind glass, probably because she just I never stands there in a space with the people that are his clients. I never put this together, but is his office a ruse? His office has to be a ruse, not just like the shit that he puts in it, but the fact that it's in like a strip mall. And that it's kind of downtrodden looking because he lives in a mansion. Like, well, isn't that like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. Well, that was the thing, right? It's close to the courthouse and yeah. bail bond road or whatever they were yeah. calling it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's it's a ruse. You're probably right, though. He probably uh, and that was kind of the thing about this episode. It's like, d- did we want to see every little detail reno? that they did nah, and yeah this, I and guess like, we didn't have to it would have been nice but like mm. ultimately like does it matter like yeah. we know the lab gets made we know that his office isn't like this all the time yep yep and it's and it's simple right it's just to me i interpret it as kim left him and he's proven a point that it wasn't her that made him quote unquote bad he could have done all this just without her like you know you left me because you think we're bad together well i i don't need you to to act this way you know mm-hmm. kind of deal that's that's how i interpret it as yeah. this is way of grieving 
Mm-hmm. So what did you think of episode nine all in all? I loved it. Um, yeah. Probably, I'd probably give it like a, like a four and a half. Like it, it, I liked the beginning of talking and the cleaning and all, you know, I love that kind of stuff that they, that they do. They take their time. Um, I love the, it's just so awkward at HHM um, with everybody. And then the wife in denial, but it's like Kim's little story. Adds credence to things Cliff has seen. Yeah. You know? 100%. I mean, and even Cliff, um, you know, I actually I loved how all of that played out. Because when she yeah. asked Cliff, like, have you seen anything like this? And he's just, I mean, he kind of has, but like only like yeah. a couple of instances. But he doesn't say it. He's just like, this isn't the time or the place. And she like totally gets that hint, right? That like and Jimmy finally being honest with why he wanted to f with him, right? Because mm-hmm. he had his brother's respect. Yep. Yeah. Uh, crazy. Um, what do we make of? I mean, I don't think we're done seeing Kim Wexler. I don't think no. she's had her outro from the show, but I'm pretty sure she at this point she's not dying. I don't think. Um, at least I don't think so. I mean, what do you? I mean, do you think that that's uh, an outcome we could still see? I'd it's be sort of- su- I'd be surprised, right? Because, yeah. like, we know he basically gets away scot free, right? So mm-hmm. we're gonna go post Breaking Bad. We know he gets away. Lava's just paranoia. Yeah. And there's one guy who kind of recognizes him. Yeah. And it's a cabbie, and he's like, now he's got to get the heck out of Dodge. Yeah. And hundred yeah. percent, we finish that up. Like we find out yeah, what's going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, so it, I think it is going to end with a reunion of sorts. H- how that reunion uh, ends? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't yeah. know. But I, to me, I could see that as being like Jimmy yeah. finally giving it all up, and yeah, we'll end up visit Kim, and that that that'll be his undoing, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm a hundred percent excited for this, though. Um, I, I'm surprised we are getting this many episodes of it. I mean, yeah, that was a thing is with the jump and it's like, there's four episodes left. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, Oh shit. Oh, okay. Uh, awesome. What are we doing you here? Know? And, um, another thing that we should note, I mean, sometimes I want to feel hesitant to be like, we've seen the end of better call Saul, at least as it is, is as the story of pre breaking bad, you know, Jimmy or whatever. Um, but I mean, I think you're right in more than one way. So, uh, here's another clue that we've, I mean, other than the fact that if you just watch the show, it absolutely feels like the show better call Saul ends with Kim, you know, deciding, you know, we can't be together anymore. Uh, one of the, one of the things about this season is that they've had a, uh, a scheme for how they name their episodes. Every episode is something and something. Every episode. And this episode is fun and games, but next week's episode is just one word. They have dropped the naming convention. So I think I'm that's a, a signifier that this is a different phase of events. Probably something that's. I'm wondering if we're going to get maybe two episodes that tie us in to Breaking Bad. And then two episodes that maybe follow up with future Saul or maybe just one episode that does future Saul. I, 
uh, I'm almost convinced at this point that we're going to get one whole episode that wraps up everything. Um, that brings an end to post breaking bad, but also has a satisfying conclusion to what we saw in better call Saul. But yeah, I'm very excited for all of this. Also, this was the episode he had his heart attack in. Is it? Yeah. My goodness. I I wonder if we have any idea as to where that's Uh, what I was looking for. Cause I knew it before watching it. Yeah. Um, He said it was during episode. Well, they were filming, uh, episode nine. Wow. And the only thing I can think of is um, whenever he goes to like wipe his face with water and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he visibly does look a little bit different for a couple of scenes. Like he does yeah. look a little bit paler. Yeah. So I just don't know what scene it was that caused, you know, I don't. Yeah. Or if know, they even they, left they it in. They were filming the episode, but it doesn't mean they filmed it in sequence. You know, they just. Of did course. Block film. Yeah. Thing, and know. and it's possible that anything he may have filmed that day, they may have not used in the show. And then when he yeah. came back uh, or whatever. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I the the time jump completely caught me off guard. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, a moment like, yeah, they like showing the hooker and bed and the, yeah he's just doing salt things there's a nutrient bar your money's there <laughs> like and it's such a oh my he's god he's got things that are classy you know yeah the greek art but it's just it's just there it's so it's all hollow so this was know, like this was directed by michael morris and written by ann Cherkis, but uh this had all the hallmarks of like Vince Gilligan essentially ripped the bandaid off. Like they're broken up and then just smash cut. We fast forwarded a whole lot of time and there's nothing you can do. You don't have the answers and you're not going to find out what they are until later. Yeah. Uh, and it just puts us in a completely different place and space. And um, some like, I feel like there's a fine line you have to walk there to do that well. Uh, but he's obviously very good at that. Um, there in lesser hands doing something like that might not work out so well, but um, you know, you can sort of just feel where it's heading. Even if you don't know exactly what you're going to be getting, um, there's just a, a feeling about it. So yeah, the, and, you know, we're st- still waiting on Jesse and Walter to show up. We know it happens. Yeah. That, um, yeah. When, when I know I, we got four episodes to do it. All there is for the next episode. It just says a new player enters the game. Uh, oh, so I have no idea entirely what that means. I mean, it, yeah, that, that you're right that we don't know where we're at mm-hmm. in Breaking Bad as far as where we see Saul with the, how yeah. this episode ended. So, yeah, I mean, new player in town. I mean, that fits Walter to a T, right? It does. It does. So, um, that would be crazy. It would be actually. Because I, I would expect we had like two or three episodes of it. Like yeah, I was going to say, like, I would expect maybe like an episode of them or something. But uh, maybe we'll get more than that. It's it's hard to say. But yeah, I'm I'm very excited. I, I think I'm with it. What did you say you'd give this one? I think I said like four and a half. Yeah, I think that's where I'm going to have to do. I mean, only because like the first half of the show, almost the first, you know, three quarters of the show was like. Uh, not like there was all bad. I really loved the scene with Mike visiting Nacho's dad. Um, yeah, that was I, tough. I thought that was a really great scene. It was it was really tough. And for Manuel to tell Mike, like, you're no better than the rest of them. And I like to think, Mike said his Spanish isn't very good, 
but I like to think that his Spanish is good enough that he understood him because it's a very. Yeah, he may not be able to speak it, but yeah. he probably understands it. Because uh, it felt like a very Mike thing for him to just take that, like, this is what he thinks. I'm not going to say anything back. That man's grieving. He lost his son. Yeah. Uh, and I did my best to a save him. A son that he also respected and liked a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that line where he was like, he fell in with a bad crowd. But he was not one of them. Like, not really. He was a good person with a good heart. And, yeah, I, I thought that was all... I thought that was all great. I mean, Mike had a couple of really great moments. Back in the back in episode 8, where, um, you know, he didn't give a shit what they did to Lalo. But when they went to put Howard in there, you know, he made sure to be like, you know, be careful or be gentle or something. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, he was just an innocent in all of this. Um, so yeah, yeah, he's had some great moments in these two episodes, but yeah, I think I would land at a four and a half as well. Um, just, you know, excellent, excellent, but you know, they saved all the best stuff for the very, 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 very end of this episode. Uh, but yeah, so excited for what happens next week. Um, and that's where we're going to leave you for right now, everybody. In the meantime, though, you can head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. Uh, now would be a good time to catch up with only four episodes uh, left. I also and what we are deeming as the end of Better Call Saul. Yes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. This is this definitely feels like the end, the actual end of the Jimmy McGill story. Um, we'll see if it circles back around to the Jimmy McGill story at the end, but for right now, it feels like they're absolutely moving on. Um, okay. So also this is a listener supported podcast. There are a couple of different ways you can help out. If you want, uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash cinema geekly. We have the merch store geeklymerch.com. The links for those are in the show notes for this episode and you can find us on apple podcast google podcast stitcher spotify and audible just search for better talk saul hit subscribe and that way you can join us next time to hear us talk more better call saul season six episode 10 it's called nippy to the wall, to the man, justice for all you heard me you better call